You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Your Dose of Death podcast with yours truly, Lauren Rosenberg. And of course, I want to thank everyone for listening each and every single week as this gets better and better. But before we get into what today's conversation is about, I want to give a shout out to, of course, my two wonderful sponsors. Uh, first of all, Grateful Death Match. As always, with that checkout code, DEATH gets you free shipping across the United States. And, of course, my other great sponsor, Crimson Mask, as well. If you want to hit them up for some great merch, go to officialcrimsonmask.bigcartel.com. Now, for today's guest of the evening, I'm really excited to have this guy on, a guy I've seen grow in almost a year, and um, someone who has been making the rounds in not just the deathmatch world, but the independent wrestling world. Um, a guy who has a very, very busy Mania weekend, which we will get into shortly. Of course, I am talking about the goddamn motherfucking Death Samurai, Akira. <laughs> He's <I> recently. <laughs> yes, of course, I have Akira on today. Akira, how are you doing today? Um, I'm alive and kicking. <laughs> Best I can be. <laughs> Well, that's good to hear. Of course, as I said before, you've really made waves in the deathmatch world over the last year. But of course, as well as a prolific independent wrestler, um, congratulations on everything you've accomplished in really the three years you've been doing wrestling slash deathmatches slash all the fucker you've been ensuing. It's been um, three years, and I'm I'm so I I. I it's not even been a year since uh, my debut at ICW. And I just, I look at it and I was talking to someone and they were reflecting on how far they'd come in a year. And I was like, dude, tell me about it. <laughs> like, I feel old. And it's all, it hasn't even been a full year since I jumped off the roof. Um, it's been, I've got so much, I've only been doing this for three years and I feel like I've got so much more to do, but I also take a moment and look back at all I've done and, three years and i i'm just like it's crazy like the, the over the jump from before quarantine to now of where i was is phenomenal and like just from a bystander's point of view i would say and professionally i'm just like man if i did all this in quarantine like with, with a pandemic going on like just wait till the world opens up wait till everybody starts running again. I'm just, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this full time. I'm ready to go out there and kick ass and take names. (laughs) Well, of course, uh, as you mentioned just a bit, the infamous roof jump from ICW No Holds Bar 2 with, of course, someone who is one of your mentors and Reed Bentley. um, That match really was the start of your meteoric rise in independent wrestling. And I want you to kind of take us through those moments when you were just like, Oh, I'm getting ready to do this big show with my mentors or my mentor, I should say. And what was your thought process going into that? Well, I'll, I'll say now, cause I saw Reed, uh, I made a tweet about the, 
the roof jump. He's like, I created a monster on this day. (laughs) 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 I just, I, I put a picture of my dog smiling, but I mean, I hadn't wrestled for months, man. Like nobody had, like there was no ring to train in because you couldn't. Um, I just been working out and, you know, training. That was basically all I could do. And when I got announced, um, I was so, I was excited, but I was so fucking nervous. Cause it's like, you know, you got to go out with all, with whatever ring rust that I had. And I got to go out there and deliver on this big stage. Cause I saw the first show. I watched the first show live, the no holds barred one. Mm-hmm. And I saw what, what it was going to become. And I was like, I want to be on that show just because it's, it's different. It's very, I don't want to say outlaw, but even though it is, it's, it's rough and tough. Like you've got to be a fucking bad motherfucker to get in those chains. Right. Yeah. But I knew it was Reed and Reed and I had wrestled before and we had a really great match at on point survival, the sickest volume four, I think. And, um, I was like, okay, it's someone that I know and I'm confident we can go out there and deliver. Uh, we get there and, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just coming up with ideas, whatever, just in my head. And um, I get there and I'm told, hey, uh, maybe you go off the rope. And I'm like, ah, I mean, sure. And a certain someone who I'm pretty sure people can guess was like, now how about you, uh, you uh, do a 450 off the roof? And I'm like, I do a what? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why I got a feeling like I was like, this guy doesn't know the kind of, fucking wrestler i am because i can't do a 450 if i do a 450 it's a suicide dive and i'm killing myself <laughs> that's how, that's how, how i'm retiring i'm just like oh, here we go land on my neck kill me um i was like if i do that i'm going to jump on my back with something on my back and that's it <laughs> and but i get up there on the roof and i test it out and the owner was like no 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 no, no you can't do that no you run to the, you run to the parking space, the parking lot space. And I was like, okay, no, no roof jump, you know, whatever. Sitting in the back, getting ready. Um, Cause there were some people that had kind of tried to hype up the match, you know, like Alex Cologne did. He tweeted that it was going to be the sleeper match mm-hmm. uh, of the show. Little did anybody know. Um, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm trying to get in the right in the right headspace, you know, I'm trying to like quell the nerves. And, um, before like maybe 20 minutes before I go out, um, someone comes up, who was the same person that talked about, uh, me jumping off the roof was like, look at me. He's like, Stuart, I kid Stuart, I, and walked off. And I was like, great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Man. Thanks. Fucking asshole. And, <laughs> and it's funny because then like 10 minutes later, um, someone comes up and I'm terrible at impersonations, but you can guess who it is. It's your fucking time, man. It's your fucking time, Akira. You're gonna go through, you're gonna fucking do that. You're on the next fucking level, man. You got this. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I got this. I looked at the ring crew guys, I looked at Reed, and I was like, Hey, roof jump, doing it. They're like, doing it. I'm like, we're doing it. And like 10 minutes before, like I said, I'll signal when it when it's ready, when it's time to do it. And that is how it happened. I went out there and started doing the match. You know, I, I look, I watched that match back and you could see how nervous and how like 
Um, cause that, that was a new look for me too. The white jacket and all that shit. I had never worn that ever. And I was like, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt like, cause especially like if people watched before, um, the pandemic, like I had, cause I had all my hair shaved off because barbed wire ripped it out. I had this really nice long red hair. I've seen and it. Yeah. It was really nice. It was really beautiful. Got it ripped out. And then, um, so I basically shaved bald. Was I, I was basically shaved bald with like a red, it was red on top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it was a completely different look. And I, there were some people that had watched like the, the um, smart mark videos and been like, Oh, Akira, like some of the Japanese people were like, Oh, Akira looks different than uh Southern sickness cup. And I just was so not me yet. Like I was still, I was, um, this was, I was pre, pandemic akira like i'm not like and i look at me from then from volume two and i'm i look at like at a year's difference and i'm i'm already a so i'm a different wrestler than i was then like my what my character my aggression whatever you want to call it like i look at it i was like man i've i've aged in a year you know and i go out there and some people from like on point knew me so they're like yeah akira go out there you prove it to them you know and I was like, yeah, okay. Went out there, had a really hard hitting match. You know, I was quad kicking gussets into Reed's head, shit like that. We're fucking beating the shit out of each other. And then I just, we go out, look at the guys, they set it up. And I go up there without a second thought, just jump. I said, fuck it and go. Um, that's <laughs> a lot of my career has been, fuck it, do it. Um, and it's, tended to work out in spades just because I'm a stubborn little bastard. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I did that jump and then just the rest was kind of history. Like, and it fun fact. So I was handcuffed after I did the jump. Yeah. I was that rest of the match. I was supposed to do handcuffed. Mm -hmm. So everything that you saw was supposed to like, that's how it was supposed to be. But you know, I was supposed to be handcuffed pants behind my back. Really fucking stupid. (laughs) <laughs> so part of me is like you know i'm kind of fucking glad that thing broke <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, goodness man. like if i had taken that regal plex without my hands good god <laughs> i i think the regal plex from that match still terrifies me more than the roof drum because you went head first into the two pyramid tube uh carpet strip pyramid yeah <laughs> oh my goodness and reed went like a hundred percent into that regal plex too so i was like terrified through my ass <laughs> a, a little teacher to student love right there as we like oh, to put God. it that was a, that entire year last year was teacher to student love of hey i'm gonna beat the shit out of you okay love you bye um, so I want to go into, um, really the origin of the rejects. I know people talk about here and there, but I want your perception of how you met John Wayne Murdoch and how you met Reed Bentley and how you met Satu Jin and those guys. Um, so there was a show in, uh, 2019. Um, you know, it's one that I talk about often. It's the one where I saw, my first death matches live. Uh, they said it couldn't be done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where I met Alex. That's where I got inspired just through watching. Cause like my first two death matches I ever saw, I missed like the majority of them. I saw Nick and Schlack and I saw 
Alex and Kasai. So I got like the Polish, I got like American Deathmatch and Nick and Schlack, right? Like that's yeah. prime American brutality. Then I got the Japanese style of Deathmatch. Um, so before then, this uh, it, uh, like a lot of my wrestling careers just seem to be like fate kind of um, coming back at me because that's the show where I met Tony Deppen. Okay. Um, yeah. And I met a bunch of those guys that, you know, I'm in locker rooms with now. And before we went back in to watch, you know, the semi-main and the main, uh, I was with Aiden Blackheart and Shane Mercer. And so Aiden Blackheart and I, Aiden went out to go smoke and I went out with him and he got a call from John and Reed. And they're like, hey, uh, Aiden, do you want to go to Mexico? Uh, you're going to get booked on NGX. And he was like, yeah, man, that's cool. Uh, can a cure come? And they're like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? And that's how I met them on uh, our trip to Mexico where I had my first death match. So it's just, you know, poetry. Um, met them, rode in the car all the way there. Uh, had my first death match. I got some lessons from Aiden and John about, you know, post-death match getting taken care of. And it's just that from then on, they were like, this, this kid, I think they thought maybe this kid, you know, kind of wants it. Um, because then I had like, a month later, the uh, Mer- the Asylum Deathmatch Tournament where I nearly got killed by Peter. Oh, yeah. Peter be yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to that entire match with, you know, my wrist slit, essentially. And, and I didn't quit. And I think they were just like, hey, do you want an opportunity? Do you want to come to On Point? Do you want to come do these shows? And I said, yeah. I hop in the car. That's And it's it just, that's just how it went, you know. And I learned on the road through being with them and watching tape and just doing the normal shit that wrestlers do and then i get i think john was the one who was kind of like hey i we kind i think we want you as our third guy and i said okay and that's just how it happened <laughs> i guess I, there um, was no official thing until they're like <laughs> yeah like you're you're one of us that fate does really work in mysterious ways and i want to point out of course they said couldn't be done one of the two great deathmatch shows of our time. Fate really does have a weird way of working itself because I wanted to point out that, of course, one of your big marquee Mania Weekend matchups will be on Alex Colon's produced Planet Death against AJ Gray. That's where AJ debuted, I think. I think that is where AJ debuted. Mm -hmm. But fate (laughs) Fate does work in mysterious ways, really. Um, so I, I want you to take me through what your thought process is of that match with AJ. I mean, it's probably the biggest match they could give me outside of like, Hey, you're debuting against Alex or you're debuting, debuting against Nick. Uh, AJ is one of their guys. He's one of the cornerstones. Um, and like, he's a former champion. He's versed in and out of deathmatch obviously um he I, I think most of his big death matches have been on gcw so yes. like like he and that's nothing against him of you know not working like on the shitty shows like good for him he, he started doing death matches on big shows and he gets paid for it cool um so i'm going against one of the guys you know like fan favorites people love him uh ex-champion it's 
the biggest match they could give me, I think. And this is my chance to go out there and prove to him and prove to the GCW audience and to everybody else in GCW that I'm not a fucking fluke. Um, I'm not, you know, just a one trick pony. I'm not only just good in the chains. I can be someone for them and I can like for two years since they said it couldn't be done. I'd been fighting and fighting and killing myself to eventually get on their show and be a guy that gets brought back every show in a death match or in a regular match. This is my chance to go out there and say, Hey, you can do that now. Like, I'm I'm worth it. I've been worth it. I've um the me now is the one that's going to make you and everyone money and it's going to make the fans happy. That's how I feel. It's it's going to be because age I think age and I we despite how we you know our very different looks uh we have very similar uh like source that we have very similar backgrounds very similar uh loves like 90s all japan pro wrestling noah that like that kind of thing mm-hmm. so i think that match is, is literally going to be like a 90s all japan death match and it's people have been freaking out for it and i like part of me is like is thinking hopefully that people see the reaction that that match announcement got and they go oh damn people really want to see this match people really want to see akira and that's all i can do is i hope i go out there and impress and i hope i go out there and show hey we need to keep using him i think that's a very good choice of words when talking about a match of that scale where it is your debut you're facing a cornerstone of a company that is looked at as one of the gold standards per se in the world of deathmatch wrestling and I want to get into something with you. I'm not too sure if you're aware of this. This was a few weeks ago, but a certain big name wrestler gave you a shout out in an interview. Mr. John Moxley gave you a shout out. And of course he put you over very highly to someone who probably had no idea who Akira was and probably did a few Google searches or whatnot. We don't know. But of course, when you hear guys like John Moxley bring your name, what, 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 runs through your head it's what can you say like i'm not someone where it's gonna be like well, john Monks, you know the fuck I am, you know <laughs> it's it's because he was he he's a one of the best wrestlers in the world he is an ex AEW champion he is one of the biggest guys in our in our sport it's it's just I I woke up to it because I was um on my way to go work uh juggler championship wrestling uh. and I wake up and I was like in in my own idiotic way I looked I was like huh that's weird <laughs> like I'm I'm so like uh minimalist in how I respond to things like when I got stabbed in uh, the match of Tremont. I uh, <laughs> I didn't freak out. Like I looked at it, and some people were like, "Dude, my mind have been racing." I just looked at it. I went, "Man, <laughs> all right, got to continue." <laughs> that's just that's kind of how I am. Like it, like when I uh when when I almost got killed by Peter B, my my response was I looked at it. I panicked for maybe a split second, 
put my hand on my wrist. And I was like, ah, well, got to continue the match. <laughs> and, you know, other people have been like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to the back. And I'm like, ah, it's cool. Got to finish it though. Uh, that's funny. You mentioned that. Cause of course my vivid memory of the match with Tremont is you just squeezing your belly. Like, Oh yeah, I got the stab wound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. See this. Um, I'm not a, I'm not right in the head. <laughs> but the, the, I don't know the stuff with Moxley is just it's it's humbling because it's like people are watching people that I didn't think would be fucking watching me are watching me they know who I am and it makes me want to keep going out there and working as hard as I fucking can because if those guys notice me who knows the, the heights that I could reach but I have to go out there and I have to physically work as hard as I can I have to pour my heart into this in order to make it happen because he um when we were in the back at uh the collective and i'm getting i'm getting ready to go out there for my six-man tag death match mm-hmm. and, this, um, and i'm getting there i'm stretching mox just had his blood sport match right yes and he comes to the back and i'm sitting there getting stretched um and he comes up mm-hmm. and he just starts talking to me and i'm like i was like who the fuck's oh what the fuck and i stand up on my feet and he like he knew who i was it, it was just so weird you know, like, what can you say about that? I don't, and I don't want it to be like, and to jerk off my ego. It was just, it was weird as fuck <laughs> because like my, my girlfriend, Charlie is like a huge Moxley guy, a girl. Okay. <laughs> and she give me the, uh, the dirtiest looks of like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't know. He shot a talk, shook his hand. He pet my dog and he said, keep killing it don't kill yourself. I don't want to see you burn out. Wow. Some exclusive banter. I didn't think think anything else of it after that. I was like, that was fucking weird. People were giving me some looks, but I was like, that's weird. Whatever. Move on. I have my match to go worry about. And then I wake up on the car in the car with Matt and Pondo. And I read that I'm getting tagged in it and messaged it. And I was like, that's, it's something, you know, it's doing, I'm doing something right. And I just got to keep working. That's all, that's all I could say about it. Like, I don't know what else I could say about it. <laughs> I think that's, per- I think you purposely summed it up. Just uh, again, with your career, it's really been fate works in mysterious ways, how that works. And something I wanted to ask you, I know that when hopefully the world will open up again, I know you and the re- rejects are looking for a world tour of sorts. Who are guys in your own respective list you want to have a match with oh god um i mean in death match or like either or general okay i mean obviously there's the obvious ones like there's one that that's not even like it's a pandemic thing it's just waiting for it to happen is nick um nick's someone i look up to and he's someone i i want to try it him and alex they're guys i want to be and i want to be like where they are and five six years you know in terms of being on the independence um but then there's guys like zach saber jr minora suzuki uh fuck uh kenta would be cool obviously um i'd like to go to uh maybe all japan wrestle kento miyahara deathmatch obviously kasai takeda um sagira sakuda all those guys over there are amazing um it's just 
those are kind of like the, that's like the bare minimum list too. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, when you give me someone, you give me like Goto, I'd be okay with. That. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go. Um, you give me those big like Ishii, give me those dudes. Pent- Pentagon, I think would be really, really fucking cool. That would be uh, really cool. Uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of like all these guys that there could possibly. Like there's so many. Like those are like the, the the bare minimum guys though. Hell, I want I would love to uh wrestle Sakuraba in like blood sport. Ooh. I think that'd be really fucking cool. That would uh, be really cool. Oh and oh, uh Masakatsu Funaki because he's doing stuff in Pro Wrestling Noah and he's killing it. Okay. <laughs> and that motherfucker has not aged <laughs> at all. <laughs> he never um, ages Funaki. Oh, he never God. ages. Funaki, I mean it's funny because I was watching um, Godzilla Final Wars and people that, if you don't know, you don't know, but he has a role in it as Wait, one of the most. Yeah. Wait, so the, Don Fry is one of, is the, is like the lead American guy. Okay. Uh, and Masakatsu Funaki is another one of the hero guys. Wow. <laughs> and it's the best part is in that movie, it's not really spoilers, but there's a, there's a fight scene where he's fighting like, so he's just a regular human, but he's yeah. fighting like 50 of these mutant humans that are just like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, super, they're like power rangers essentially. Okay. But he fights them all and he survives. And I was like, I was like, he, he had that in his contract, didn't he? He's like, he can't kill me. I got people. Oh, just, just like those guys, I think would be really fun. And obviously there's more um, that, that I, I could probably think of if I really thought about it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many. <laughs> I feel like there's always a long list of every, for everyone when oh, yeah. the world tries to open up or hopefully things work out in the way they do. But I think the one match really to me that stands out, of course, is a death match podcast. This is, is of course, Kasai and Takeda and those guys yeah. at BJW freedoms. Because um, Kasai, had, okay. Kasai had just as much of a part in that match as Alex Cologne did that where I went, I could do this maybe one day, even though Alex Cologne was like, don't you do death matches, kid. Don't do death matches. <laughs> Here we he, are. he always, he always tells people don't do death matches. And then they do. Well, I'm sitting there. I'm, we're driving on the way home and I'm sitting there and I'm cleaning out his gusset head wounds. Right. Mm-hmm. And he just like, he's like, don't do death matches, kid. And a year later, he just, he, he saw me, hug me. He's like, what the fuck did I tell you? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What the fuck do you want me to do? Um, uh, but I had just as much of a part of that match as Alex did. And I liked Takeda's work from Bloodsport before I was like, like head first in death matches. Like, Cause I saw Takeda in Bloodsport and I was with, like, um, Jonathan Gresham. Yes. Yeah, yes. And that's where I, I appreciate it from there. I just, the death match just helped enhance appreciating him even more. Like him now, he's a, he's a stone cold fucking killer. Cicada to me is truly the best in the world. If you want to have that conversation, that's a whole nother episode. Um, but really Cicada is the best in the world. So I think that match would be just golden. I think there's so many bests in the world because I don't think there's a singular one because other people, People do things in different ways that make them truly unique. Mm-hmm. But in the best in the world, uh, Toru Sugira, Masashi Takeda, Jun Kasai, 
Nate Gage, Alex Cologne, and John Wayne Murdoch. Those are the guys. Like those, those, those guys are the, at the pinnacle of their craft at the moment. Yep, that is a very valid list to go off of. Of course, all of them are really good in their own damn way. Um, so I want to get into more of your mania week ahead. Of course, we have ourselves your Battle of the Tough Guys tournament, of course, with ICW and your first round matchup, which was announced yesterday as of this recording, with the man of no God, only Schlack. I'm so excited. People, I know so many wrestlers that are like, oh my God, I couldn't get in there with Schlack. I'm like, nah, man, fucking hit me. Let's go, man. I'm ready. I've been waiting two years, two years for this to happen. And it's finally happening. It's in, um, it's not going to be like the level that we want because it's in the pit. Yeah. But it's the start. It's a start. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, like I was, cause I was, I was literally going to drive from Indiana to Colorado for slave to the death match. Cause they were having a fight slack challenge where it's like, okay. you come, you come and you fight slack. And I, I messaged him. I was like, dude, I will drive all the way to Colorado. For that. I don't give a shit. And he was like, no, nah, man, I don't want you to come out of here. I, I can't afford to pay you that, pay you that much, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. That sucks, but whatever. And coincidentally, I ended up being there anyways and being in the Slave to Death Match tournament. And I was like, <laughs> I could have actually fucking done that, right? And I'm like, you know, whatever. Um, but it's going to be a hard-hitting fucking train wreck. It's a, it's me and Schlack. What do you, like, it's going to be violent. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be hard hitting. I'm going to try to throw some technical bullshit in there. Maybe try to choke him out. But <laughs> honestly, my, my goal is to stomp on him so many times that he comes up respecting me more. That's my goal. I'm going to stomp on his fucking head. I'm going to soccer. I'm going to pride kick the fuck out of his head until he respects me a little bit more. Those are some very strong words from you, Akira. I think that's going to be a very interesting. <laughs> Just being honest. honest. <laughs> um, but he, he knows, like, he expects that. Like, if I didn't bring that kind of mentality, it'd piss him off. Like, if someone came at me with, like, any lesser mentality of, this guy's going to hurt me, I'm, I'd better try to hurt him, I'd get pissed off. So, it's just mutual respect. The respect better be mutual come the star of the battle of the tough guys. Of course, I think there's the other big match on battle of the tough guys, which got announced today as of today's recording. Of course, the battle of the rejects with Reed Bentley and John Wayne Murdoch in the first round. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're going to have to tell me who's going to win that match. Only person to ever beat John has been Eric. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've got to think because <laughs> as many times that I've seen Reed and John wrestle, has Reed ever won? Oh, good like, point. That's, so I, I'm not, I can't really give a straight answer just because, like, John is, you know, Mr. Ace. Yes. You don't fucking lose. He's that fucking good. But Reed's also kind of found, not saying found himself, but he's found a groove of becoming one of the baddest dudes in ICW. 
And I think things could change. Things could happen. Um, I can't, I can't really pick one because I don't know. Uh, the two of them are coming into this fucking motivated. And I think, I don't know, maybe they both knock each other out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very interesting finish that the ICW officials would have to put together the pieces of, let's put it like that. Of course, yep. the three of you will be tagging at the, um, I, I, what is the name of it? It's like the past versus the future or whatever. Past versus present, yeah. Past versus present. Of course, the very, very breaking the internet worthy match announcement of the Rejects versus New Jack and what was, it was HC Loke and someone the else, crew. the Carnage crew, in a match that I think many people are looking interested in, especially considering the OG man of violence, New Jack, will be gracing the chains. Yeah. Come that day. Yeah. Um, that is going to be a shit show. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? That, that's people literally like, like, that's what they said. Like, that's going to be a shit show of epic proportions. And I'm like, you're not wrong. Look at all the wrestlers that are fucking in it. Like, it's, it's, it was made to be a shit show. Um, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be violent. And we're probably going to be limping the next day. You're going to be feeling that one the next day. And of course, um, of course, ICW does um, have the return to the pawn shop as the final show at the pawn shop. I, I know you are not billed for the show as of right now, but is there anyone, if you were to be billed for that show, you'd want to face that weekend? Because no one, yeah, no one, no, no one's just somebody. Um, Ison, I'd want to do something different. I would want to wrestle Brett Ison. Yeah, both you and Brett Ison are are familiar with the chain, so that would be, I think, a very oh, interesting or matchup. Here's the other one, Mance. Mance making his return to the chains. That would be another really interesting matchup as well. Of course, Mance Warner is. Ne- is no stranger to the chains. And I think another crack at Mance would be definitely something of your interest. Yes. Those are the only two I can think of. Uh, I mean, obviously like I want to say like Nick, but I want, I want to save that for something else entirely. Perfect. And understandable. Yeah. Um, And I mean, what I want to ask you just your thoughts on just, WrestleMania weekend. I know, of course, that is a really big weekend for a lot of people, but of course, it's kind of become like the new, the lifeblood of the independent wrestling community. As it's like the second biggest gathering, other than, of course, WrestleMania itself. Yep. Um, what What is your take on WrestleMania weekend for you coming in, where you're having multiple shows in multiple days? I mean, I'm not doing as much as I would hope, but um, like I really want to go out there and you know, do all these different kinds of matches and really prove my worth. But, you know, there's years and years and years. Like, I, next year, I think, will be that, that time for me, I think. Of I'm going out there with, like, 10, 11 matches, and I got to go out there and kill it each time. But it's, it's, just, it's legit just like a fucking music festival. It's um, Lollapalooza. It's a fucking... Uh, Ozfest. It's it's a it's a celebration of what we do, 
here on the independence and it is the time for talent to show on the biggest stage as possible with as many people watching as possible um their craft and personally from me being like last year the year before where i wasn't wrestling on any of them you know like me having four or five for my first mania weekend actually wrestling is it's great for me um and i got i got years and years and years of doing more and more and more it's it, it's what we all look forward to every year we all look forward to having all these shows back to back yeah it's tiring but you feel great by the end of it you feel like you did a fucking marathon and you finished and you finished because you trained the entire year for it um you go there and you also make the most money you because you're constantly fucking working you have if there's people that make do 11 fucking matches they're making 11 matches worth of money in two or three days like what's who's going to complain about that that's not including like merch sales and things like that it's a it's just a celebration of what we do and we all work every year for it. last year we got kind of fucked over but we had the collective um in october yes and i kind of, kind of made up for it but this is the year where we kind of get back on track to being a thriving independent scene because the mania last year, like that entire weekend was bloated and crazy. It was the craziest shit. It almost looks like a fever dream. Now that you look back at it. Yeah. But this is our, this is our chance to go out there, kill it on every show. I don't give a fuck about your, you know, show politics. I want everybody to go out there. I want everybody to have the best fucking shows possible so that, when the world gets its shit together, we have a thriving independent scene for years to come because we need that in order to have for the next generation. We need that for the next one, the next one. Like we need this shit so that we all make money. Like I want people to make money. That's all I give a fuck about. I want to make money. I want to go out there and have great matches and make money and entertain the fuck out of people. And we can't do that until we all just realize, Hey, we're all in this together. We all need to go out there and just kill it. I just, I don't care about, you know, whatever issues people have with each other at this point. I just, I'm a guy, I'm, I want to wrestle full time. That's it. There's some real, those are some really great words here. I want to thank you for bringing that because I mean, you're one of the few guys I've seen that really puts the people first. That's like, I want everyone to do well. Some people are about themselves and that's just, the per- I'm not the one of those the beast. fake motherfuckers too. The like the fake people that use it just to fucking get oh you know people like me because I'm for the people. It's like no, I genuinely want people to go out and make money. I'm not using it as a fucking way to make people like me. It's just how I am because like I had to come. I came through like the shittiest scenes possible. I was you know I was neglected. I fucking. I wasn't really given many shots. If we have a thriving scene, that's more shots from our people. I don't want to put people through the kind of shit that I had to deal with of people saying I sucked just because they didn't fucking like me. I'm like, I just want, like, I want people to have opportunity. I want, like what you said, I want people to be happy and I want people to succeed. That's it. I want, and I want the fans to be happy. Like that's, it's not me being a fake baby face. That's just me in real life. I generally want people to succeed. Yeah, I, again, I really appreciate that sentiment because it's it's something that I think more people in the industry should have. It's a 
the trade. It's a good trade. Let's put it like that. So I want to fast forward to, of course, later. I mean, you you have what seems to be a very busy summer of the deathmatch tournaments coming up. Of course, you've been announced for, I believe it was Southern Sickness Cup. Yep. You are also going to be a part of Insane 8 again as a two-time participant. Yep. Um, I've always wanted to ask this to my guests who have done deathmatch tournaments. What, what is your mentality going into those? Um, I want to go out there and have the best matches possible and just leave my mark. Um, I want to go out there and win, obviously. I want Because when you have that little asterisk beside your name, it looks better. I just I go out there like I would any other show. It's just get through it. Let's get through this and go home. Um, I want. I'm just. That's it's. I don't want to say it's a job, but like it's like going into your job. You go, okay, I'm here. This is the job I love doing, and I have fun with it. It's great, but I, I got to get through it. It's it's probably gonna hurt a little bit extra because you know you're doing three rounds of crazy shit, but. That's the nature of the beast. Because um, I've got it's Insane 8. I've got Southern Sickness. I've got Masters of Pain. Oh, yes, Masters of Pain. I've got the Supreme Tournament in California. Yes. Um, I have the Colt 45 Tournament in West mm-hmm. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah. I mean, hell, uh, Pit Fighter, the Battle of the Tough Guys, is a deathmatch tournament, technically, kind of. Uh, you just got to get through it. And if I can get through it and keep being the MVP and all these fucking things, it's resume. Um, so I, so you brought up someone that I know, unfortunately passed away last year in cult 45. And of yeah. course you were honored to have a death match with him. And one of what I think was one of the last few death matches he did before his unfortunate passing. If I'm correct. Uh, yeah, I had, because it was me, and then um, he had one with Brad Cash. And, okay. uh, yeah, it was, because uh, it was my first uh, no-rope barbed wire, too. And I went in to it. I was like, Colt, this, I, want this, I wanted this to be um, the match for Colt that Colt could take to people and say, hey, hey, uh, ICW maybe use me. Hey, these other projects, maybe use me. I wanted that to be that for him because he's always been, I met him uh, at when I wrestled Matt Tremont at on point in that January. Mm-hmm. And he was just, because we, we, I think we'd, we'd spoken over like uh, Facebook before, you know, Hey man, you're killing it. Hey man, you're killing it. Good for you. Good for you. You know, that, that kind of stuff. But I met him there and I just, I truly got how much of like a, nice relaxed excited kid that he was like because i mean we're both kids like we're both mm-hmm. the same age um and i just saw how good how warm of a person that he was and how excited he was just to be wrestling and be given an opportunity because him and louie was fun him and low life louie had a really fun match um they beat the shit out of each other and he was a thankful person and we just talked as time went on too of like hey man we're gonna have a match yeah we're gonna have a match we're gonna go out there we're gonna have a good one and then when I had the opportunity, like, hey, we want this, uh, the, was it TPW? They were like, hey, we want to book you. Who do you want? And I was like, Cole 45, no rope barbed wire. They're like, seriously? I was like, yeah, do it. Here's, and 
they said, okay, we were so excited for it. And I wanted that to be the match for Colt that he, like he could go and he can get more bookings out of. Um, and we went out there and we had this fucking 20 minute, 20, well, I don't know, I forget how long it was, but it was a long, brutal death match. A long, brutal, no rope barbed wire death match where we beat the shit out of each other. There was technical wrestling. Um, it had a little bit of everything, you know? And by the end of it, like, he was fucking emotional. I was emotional because that was my first no rope barbed wire. And those matches fucking hurt, man. They <laughs> hurt. They hurt. Like, it was the, the promo that Matt did uh, regarding no rope barbed wires of like, they hurt you and yeah. ways you think. They test your spirit. It's not a joke. It's, serious especially if you go all in on them mm-hmm. and for that match for colt i went all in on that and i was like that's when one of those the, that was the match ironically where like when i got stabbed i didn't have like i wasn't shaking from how much it hurt after that match i was like this it's like i was in pain driving home and i just i hugged him and he was so thankful after that match so thankful like and i got there too and he like he was like hey he's like yeah they're they're putting you over he's like even if they wanted me over i was gonna put you over he's like there's no way in fuck i'm going over on you and i was like seriously he's like he's like dude no he's like i I would not let them do that to you he's like you're he said you're on a roll and you he's like i want he's like i want to protect you and i was like bro i want to protect you i want to help you and he's like i don't care like he was just he was a person that was all in on himself and he was all in on other people. He was a good person at the end of the day. I don't give a fuck if he was uh, the greatest rest in the world, if he was a shitty person, but he was a good person and he just wanted the best for people. And he was thankful to be alive. And I'm, I'm thankful that I had that match with him and I, I, I watch it back and I get fucking emotional. I get so fucking sad. His, his dad and his brother will message me sometimes. And I just, what can I say to that? You know, like, they message me. They tell me that they're thankful and that they're always watching my stuff. Wow. Um, I, I do want to kind of follow up that as really some emotional stuff. Cause I did watch that no bar wire match with you and Cole. And it, it was as good as advertised, but I want to go into that tournament itself. You're really in there with some really great company across the board guys. Colt knew, throughout the industry. Yeah. Uh, what, what does it mean for his, I, I believe his family was the one. Oh, that's his shirt. Yep. Um, what does it mean for you to be a part of that eclectic company to be in that tournament? Um, the fact that the family asked me and they're like, we want you in this. Uh, we want you to represent Colt. And like, what can you say to that? You know, it's, that's putting I'm carrying the weight of him with me everywhere I go. Like that's some people have a chip on their shoulder. I've got Colt on my back. Like I've told his parents this. Um, I've told his brother this, this shirt, I I'm wearing it. Um, I'm wearing it to on my GCW debut. I'm going to wear it in Japan. Like I'm going to take him to places that he, sh- that I wish he'd gotten the chance to. He was just a guy. He was a guy that was fighting for that opportunity, just being patient. He wasn't angry, you know, that he hadn't gotten a shot. He wasn't talking shit about people. 
and I want to do that for him. Um, it's, it's just, it sucks. Like, well, cause like when people ask you and they to do that and they tell you these things and it's, it's family telling you that, like, and I don't regret them telling me that it's just, it's a weight that I don't think a lot of people are ready to handle. And sometimes I don't think I'm ready to handle, but every time like I go out and I wear the shirt, I feel like I'm, I'm repping his spirit. So I'm going to go out there in that tournament and I'm going to fucking win it. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take everything that he put into me, all that good energy he put into me and all that love and care that he had for as little that we have, because we knew each other for like a year, which to many people, it's not long, but he put all that love and that brothership, that friendship into me. I want to carry that everywhere. I want to carry that in GCW. I want to carry that in ICW. I want to carry that in Japan, the UK, wherever I go. Yeah, that's really some awesome words. I, I want to get on a happier note. I don't want to end on that note for anybody. Because, of course, I mean, rest in peace, Cole 45. Life is so precious these days. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know when it's going to get going again. But um, something I want to ask you, of course, is um, with everything you've been doing, um, what would you tell yourself three years earlier before you started this journey? If I could go back 10 years, I'd say, hey, get into wrestling sooner. But um, honestly, I would tell myself from three years ago, you go with your fucking heart. You go with what you think is right, because that has gotten me more success than listening to people trying to steer me the wrong way, just to steer me the wrong way. Um, I'd say you listen to the people that you know that you can trust. Do not trust everyone. But those people that you know you can trust and you know you can trust yourself, bet on yourself. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Been through a lot in three years that, you know, most people it would take five to ten years to experience. But you keep doing what you're doing and you keep doing it with as much purposeful intent as possible. And it's going to keep paying dividends. And now, mind you, me from three years ago might not believe it. And I'd also say, I'd also say hey. Uh, maybe, you know, cut the fucking hair off. Um, stop wearing trunks. Don't wear that <laughs> shitty white jacket, um, that white dress jacket. And, you know, throw away that shitty mask. <laughs> that's, that's neither here or there. Here, here or there. Um, that's all part of the growing experience. Um, but that's what I would say. Just follow your fucking heart because you know you better than anybody else. Don't let anybody try to tell you otherwise. Because those people that are trying to tell you who you are don't even know who the fuck you are. They don't even know who they are. I think that's really a great place to cap this conversation with you, Akira. But, of course, before we leave this wonderful conversation we're having, the floor is yours. I want you to promote yourself. I want you to where people can find on social media. Whatever you want to do, the floor is yours, my friend. Um, okay. So I'm on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, well, my merch store is, uh, at the Akira way. Um, my merch store is the Um, I have a Patreon that you can find on my Twitch, on my Twitter, on my Instagram. And my Twitch is, uh, twitch.tv slash the exotic weapon. Um, you're going to see me 
everywhere, hopefully here after Mania. Um, hopefully I'm doing this full time and I can just go, go out there and train and be the best I can for everybody. Um, you can also, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get premium dog content when he's awake. <laughs> uh, you get duck content because she gets included on the uh, death dog Snapchat and a whole lot more. Um, and I'm just, I'm thankful for my life. I'm thankful for the people that are behind me that believe in me and that have helped me get to where I am now. And I'm thankful for people like you and the fans that no matter win or lose, they're behind me a hundred percent. Um, and it's, that grows every day and it's crazy to me. I like, I look at it from like a year ago when I had like maybe, you know, 500 followers on fucking Twitter and I had like, uh, God, like maybe 800 followers on Instagram. And I see now my, that shit's blowing up. I didn't expect, expect this. And over the course of less than a year, I'm just I'm thankful to be who I am. And I'm thank and I'm excited to see and take everybody on that trip of where I'm going to be. Well, I think that's a perfect place to stop again. Akira, thank you for coming on your dose of death. You are wonderful as always. Um, I wish you the best of luck with mania coming up. Of course, I think many also wish you the best of luck. And um, with that being said to everyone listening, please support this guy as best as you can. You heard it from him first. And of course, as um, we head out, thank you guys for listening to another fantastic episode of your dose of death. This has been a Count Out Podcast.